This is 3 and 5 on SLC Management Podcast. Hi, everyone. Steve Peacher, president of SLC Management. And once again, I'm I'm joined by a repeat guest, James Slotnick, who's head of government relations at the U.S. for some life. And it's really timely because we've got midterm elections coming up on Tuesday the 8th, and everybody's talking about it. It's a big deal. James follows these kind of things really closely. And so we wanted to talk about the elections today. So James, thanks for taking a couple minutes. Yeah, Steve, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Hopefully I could be invited back again. It's always risky when you have a repeat guest. <laughs> no, no, you're, you're coming back after the elections to, 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 uh, to help us understand it. But as we look toward the elections, first, you know, this is the time of polls, and people dividing trends. So as you read the polls that are out there and you, you follow the source that you follow, are there any trends out there that are surprising you as we're getting really close now to election? It's a, it's a tough question, Steve, but you know, I, I can understand it. Certainly the polls have not been as accurate as people would have hoped over the last few years. Uh, really going back to, to 2016, you know, a lot of surprises out there. I think generally though, if you're a Democrat, you're probably a little nervous uh, seeing what's in the polls. It, it it seems like when you look at what voters are concerned about, really on, on both sides of the aisle, the economy is the number one issue. Going back to the summer when the Supreme Court uh, ruled on abortion, it seemed like that was going to be the, the number one issue, particularly for Democrats. But you know, gas prices are still high. Inflation is still high. And so the economy seems to be that number one issue. And that is not playing well for Democrats. You know, looking earlier before this on, you know, some of the most recent polls that have come out. And I think if if you're a Democrat and you're looking at, say, the New Hampshire race, Senator Hassan won a very close race in, in 2016, uh, won by like a thousand votes. It was it was extremely close um, with then Senator Ayotte. That race has tightened with Don Bulldog. Democrats were hoping that Bulldog was the candidate. They got him. And now he's in a dead heat with Senator Hassan. And so I think that sends up some red flags for Democrats. You see it in some other battleground states as well. But candidates that Democrats might have preferred to be up against are performing quite well, uh, it looks like, in the polls. So it, it seems to me that if you read the consensus out there would be that the Republicans are probably likely to take the House and the, the Senate is kind of a pick them maybe. But since you follow this stuff, I asked to ask you what your predictions are. What do you think we're going to end up? You know, what are, what are we going to be talking about on Wednesday morning? Steve, many of your listeners, you know, listened to any of the webinars I did in 2016. Wasn't the most accurate predictor then, but like I said, most of the polls were wrong. But I've tried to take the polls a little bit of grain of salt. You know, look at both, really. You know, some Democratic leading polls and some Republican leading polls to get a better sense. You know, I do think the, the consensus, as you said, is that Republicans are going to take the House. Although Speaker Pelosi, you know, continues to insist that that's not the case. It doesn't. It doesn't seem very likely. Republicans are likely to pick up at least 15, maybe more. I mean, it, just for a point of reference. Remember in 2020, even when President Biden won, Republicans picked up 14 seats in the House. So, you know, there there has been some movement, uh, some movement there. Redistricting helped the Republicans as well a bit. But I think the Republicans, you know, take the House pretty easily. Senate is, Senate's tough. I think based on, it feels like there's just more momentum for Republicans right now. And so and you did ask me. So I would say 52, 48 Republicans are going to take the Senate, and it's 50-50 right now. And uh, I think you're going to see some surprises, but I think Arizona and Pennsylvania are going to put the Republicans over the top. I could be very wrong on that prediction, but uh, but that's that's what, I'm, that's what I'm thinking. And these are about the big federal races, the Senate and the House, but there are other races going on around the country, and there are ballot questions. So what are some of the other important things around the country that are worth paying attention to? 
federal races always dominate, you know, but politics is local, as you mentioned. And so, you know, I think governor's races are also a little bit of surprise. And again, we're seeing Republicans have momentum in places where maybe traditionally that they haven't. So I think on the governor's side, Republicans are going to be able to pick up some seats. The ballot questions are interesting. You know, they're all over the map and, you know, not every state has them. You know, I live in Massachusetts and one important one here that has not worked out so well in other states is there's a millionaire's tax on the ballot, which would create a new 4% tax uh, on individuals that make more than a million dollars. That is polling very well and that is likely to pass. And, you know, that'll make Massachusetts the third or fourth state that has a has a tax like that. And so I think that's an interesting trend to watch to see if other states that have these ballot initiatives move forward with those. I think maybe the most important thing, though, and this is maybe a little off from what you asked. I'm optimistic that even if there are close races, candidates will concede on both sides. And I think the worst thing that can happen in this midterm is for close races and for members on either side of the aisle to say that the election results are are not accurate or they, you know, something was was up. So I'm I'm knock on wood. Let's hope that uh, even in these close races, we see a, a concession and, and things move forward. And hopefully that sets us up for a the same thing when we get to 2024. Well, I like to uh, ask a question at the end, which is somewhat per- uh, kind of a personal question. But I was, well, I want to ask you something that is kind of your personal preference, but related to these issues. So you you follow these kind of issues professionally, along with legislative actions, et cetera. So it's this is what you do. But there's a lot of us out there who are kind of armchair prognosticators around political events and, and elections, et cetera. So if you had advice for those of us who are kind of armchair watchers of this. What are some of the most interesting sources that you look to that would be available broadly to people that might give interesting insights on these kind of things, on elections, political issues that are outside of the norm? What do you like to read? Real clear politics. I think they do a great job aggregating the polls. And I think that's important given how, you know, the polling has been wrong. 538, they do a great job of that as well. And then your traditional sources. I mean, I read all the things you do, Wall Street Journal, Washington Post, New York Times. I'm a Politico guy. I think Politico's great. I know some people aren't aren't huge fans of them, but they do a lot of stuff. The Hill is another great, you know, many of these you can get free things for. But I for my polling, real clear politics, they do the averages. And, the, you know, they also will give you some historical precedent on which polls were better over time and which weren't. But yeah, no, Steve, it's it's like Super Bowl Sunday coming up for me on Tuesday. So I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it. And one quick follow up, actually, on some of those that you mentioned, like real clear, do those tend to have a bias one way or the other or are they pretty objective? That's why I like real clear because they, you know, they they just aggregate all the polls, you know, so they'll take the Republican leaning ones and the, and the Democratic leaning ones. One narrative that's out there right now is that there seem to be more Republican leaning polls that are being released. And so some people are wondering if that's, you know, coloring some of the results. You know, the other side of that is maybe some of the Democratic leaning firms don't have great poll results. And so they're not putting them out there. So I like real clear because they they aggregate a lot. And the 538s, you know, they're they're great, too. Well, thank you very much. Really interesting. It's going to be fascinating to see what happens. And we will speak to you again shortly after the elections. And we'd be interested to hear your summary and your analysis of the results that come through. Great. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate you having me on. Thanks, James. And thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of 3 and 5.